Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles individuals who are passionate about what they do for a living, about what organization they belong to, or simply passionate about the community they are a part of. Hello there and welcome. My name is Dave Cunningham. On this episode, we talk with the CEO of the Kingston Community Health Centers, an organization providing a whole lot more than primary health care. Here is our conversation with Mike Bell. So, Mike, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Dave. We are going to talk about your passion, and uh, I don't often get someone's passion written in an article I am reading online, and it specifically <laughs> says, this is my passion. Right. Primary health care and health equity. Right. Let's start off by you explaining to us what that means to you. Sure. Uh, so primary health care, uh, most people are very familiar with going to the family doctor. And so primary care or primary health care is generally just that entry point into the health care system. So community health centers have many programs, but primary care is typically the core of what we're doing. So in, in the healthcare alludes to uh, multidisciplinary teams. So beyond just your family doctor or your nurse practitioner, we have uh, allied health providers like social workers and dietitians and occupational therapists, practical assistance workers. This is primary healthcare. And it's, it's important because uh, it's the entry point into the healthcare system for pretty much everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's primary health care. And health equity is really important to community health centers, but they, it, it's, it's important to the entire society and, the, and, and to the city of Kingston and beyond um, because the typical distinction between equity and equality is an important one. Equality starts with the premise that we're all created equal, we're born exactly the same, and we require the exact same services. Equity is in opposition to that and just believes the opposite in that more people require different support based on their circumstance. Mm -hmm. So primary health care and health equity fit perfectly hand in hand, in my view, and it's been something I've been working at for quite some time. Now, you are the CEO of the Kingston Community Health Centers. Uh, shortened up to KCHC. And as I told you before we started recording, uh, these are four letters that I've heard bandied about in the last two or three years. Didn't know much about it. And I think there were a lot of our listeners who may not be familiar with this particular institution. Mm -hmm. And I know that we did a tour before we started recording here, and I'm just blown yes. away by what is in these four walls. Uh, tell us how this got started, this particular center. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, thir over 30 years ago, uh, it started in North Kingston, and uh, Better Beginnings for Kingston and Children was a big part of that start. Uh, so we have primary care at our core from day one, and then the recognition that working with families, with parents that have young children, and, and offering supports for early intervention is really, really critical. It goes back to a health equity concept. So KCHC really started from that premise, that primary care and early intervention are really, really critical uh, in, in determining your overall health. You, another thing that you're going to hear about if you're, if you're you know, looking at Kingston Community Health Centers and CHCs in general is the concept of social determinants of health. So it's not just medical care that makes us healthy. It's everything else. It's the non-medical determinants, like how much money you make, 
the, the, the quality of food you have access to, housing, social connectedness. These things are called social determinants of health. And, and it's pretty apparent to most of us that these really, really are the de- often the deciding factors to how, how healthy you are. So are these provincially set up, or how did the work to set up these various centers? Are, is this a one-off, or are there centers no, all over no, the province? No, there are centers all over the province and all over Canada, in fact. And, and in Ontario, we have about 80 uh, community health centers, uh, basically funded uh, through the Ministry of Health, but we have other really important funders as well. Uh, the thing about community health centers that they often say is you might know them generally, uh, but you don't know a CHC until you walk into that specific CHC because the intent is that they're responsive and that we are responsive to our local communities. So we have, we're called KCHC, but we have a full uh, a full community health center in Napanee. And the characteristics of Napanee is very different than Kingston. Uh, and so when you walk into Napanee CHC, you're going to get a different feel and some different programs relative to what you're going to see at this Weller Clinic where we are today. Okay. You, as you indicated before, you have a team of people who are set up to do their job inside these four walls, right. providing um, primary care for a lot of different individuals. Uh, let's go back and talk about some of the people who are working here. You not only have physicians and nurses and occupational therapists and that sort of thing, but you also conduct other programs. So who are the people that conduct those programs? Right. Well, I'll talk about the programs and, 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 and also obviously the people that work in those programs are really the, the epicenter and the life of the organization. So we can start, we, we walked in, we had a tour of Pathways to Education. Uh, so in addition to tutors that, that work there, we have staff that work with these students who are at risk of not graduating high school. And so they're not a, they're not a parent or a teacher, but they're a confidant and somebody who's in a, profession, a professional position to support them but they don't have the same relationship as they would with a teacher. So that's Pathways to Education. Immigrant Services for Kingston and Area is another program we have, and it's a settlement service program connected, obviously, a big part of the Community Health Centre to support newcomers as they come to Kingston and the area to to think about uh, work, health, social connectedness, um, and, and everything that's really important to someone who's new to Kingston and trying to settle in a successful way. Um, I mentioned early on, so formerly this was called Better Beginnings uh, for Kingston Children, and that's a big part of the origin of KCHC. And last year, the province asked that we change that. So in partnership with Boys and Girls Club in Kingston proper, we're offering programs to families that have kids under six uh, in order to help these, these families and their children have healthy starts uh, to, their, to their life, which is just so, so critical. We have Street Health Center, which is a harm reduction model, and it's a different uh, a building altogether. It's downtown. Uh, again, so we have harm, redu- harm reduction workers, and it's wraparound care. So you have primary care uh, along with outreach workers, and um, you know we have a needle exchange program and so on. Really, really critical, especially given the opioid crisis that's happened across Ontario mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Street Health has really stepped up to uh, increase services and try to be a community leader around this crisis. When we talk about this 
type of center. It is just one model that provides health care to people in Ontario and people across Canada. Uh, I think m- uh, more people would be familiar with some of the clinics they may go to or some of the networks of physicians mm-hmm. that assemble themselves to provide services. They don't appear to have as many different services to provide as you folks do. Right. Now, most of them are run by doctors. Yep. They may have a manager that runs the office. Correct. Um, I gather you are not a physician. No. You are the CEO. So what role do you play in this operation? Right. So so I, I am uh, not not a clinician, but I have a health policy and quality improvement background that I, I, I love both of those facets. My role I really see as a, it's a facilitator or when you look at some of the leadership philosophy, servant leadership always really speaks to me in that I'm, I'm doing my best to remove barriers for staff to provide. Uh, the kind of programs and services that are really important to our clients and our communities. Um, we are governed by a community board of directors, so that's not it's it's distinct from from some of the other uh, more mainstream programs that are uh, like healthcare and primary care organizations. So what that means is we have uh, I'm I'm accountable to a community board. Mm-hmm. I'm the one employee, and and they task me with making sure that the mandate of the CHC is fulfilled. And as a, as, as a whole organization, we work on that day in and day out. Now, you sent me some information about you, including your resume. And I was reading through some of the things that are listed in there, like you've already alluded to. It's almost as if you've been preparing for this job for a long time. Well, it, I mean... It, I have. I have been preparing for a job like this for a long time, and I'm really lucky to have this specific job because I love this community health center. As, as you mentioned before, I, I spent four years here from 2007 to 2011. And yeah, the education that I've done is, is really just because it's a big passion. Most of those, those programs are a big passion and interest, and they've, they've helped me and helped prepare me for this position. Let's go back a little bit to figure out what it was that got you down this road of working in this particular kind of situation. Yeah. What sort of motivated you to get started in this to, yeah. at the beginning? It's a good question. And uh, what I've found is often it, community health centers or other programs that are aimed at social determinants of health and health equity attracts a certain phenotype of person and somebody who's often had some type of personal experience in this. So um, in in the write-up that you alluded to before, you know, we went through my upbringing. So I was raised by a single mom and we moved around a lot. We relied on social assistance. And my mom, unfortunately, passed away when I was 13 years old. So I was living in different urban centers for my whole life up until that point. And then uh, because it was, I was only with my mother, and when she passed, my aunt and uncle uh, adopted me into their family, which really put me on a completely different path, a healthier path, and so, and, and, and a rural path. <laughs> um, so we moved from, at that point, I was living in Ottawa, and we moved to the Ottawa Valley. And that showed me what stability, uh, like a healthy family and a stable household can do and uh, so while it was you know tragic in one in one sense that you lose your mom when you're 13 uh, the fact that I then had to jump into this completely different lifestyle uh, it, it was tragic but it also turned out quite well because that structure and that support really got me on the right path so I'm I'm forever in in, in gratitude to my aunt and uncle and and they're they're my parents mm-hmm. yeah 
Uh, let's go back to early on. Sure. Uh, you talked a little bit about uh, working with kids who are uh, under the age of six. Correct. correct? Yep. So what is it specifically that the program would be doing with those kids? Well, we have staff on site that uh, that on site here, but also, again, in partnership with Boys and Girls Club, 20, 20 different access points across the city. So if you're a parent that has a young family and you want to go and meet with other families and, and kids have chance to interact... And also hear from uh, the staff that work here, early childhood educators, around the key developmental indicators for these children. That's really the premise, is social connectedness, making sure that your tra- child is on track. And, and the province has asked that this be rolled out across the, the province, just as the name would imply. And we are... Uh, so it's, it's, there's some challenges, though, Dave, in the sense that early on is a great program, but it's, most, it's, it's also an an equality-based program. There's nothing wrong with that. But in our previous program called Better Beginnings for Kingston and Children, we were able to do a bit more, offer a bit more family, like home visiting, which are really important. So that's something we're looking to supplement to the early on program because we find that the clients and like the families and the children appreciate a little bit more than than right now what the early on program is offering. So when they come here for that program, are they here for a morning or an hour or? It's really up to them, and it's not okay. only here. Again, it's I, I just the want to emphasize run, twenty yeah. different sites because that's a change, and it's something that families told the city that they wanted. They wanted more access points based on where I live. I want it to be convenient, so and I want it to have flexibility. So if it's if I want to go to a morning session, I can do that. If I want to do a drop-in session, I can do that. So it's really uh, it's it's really up to the individual how long they want to stay. So you are using church halls or school gymnasiums for a combination. These? Okay. Of, yeah, both of those are are on the list. <laughs> Absolutely. Now I'm going to insert a little bit of a political question here, just out of curiosity, more sure. than anything else. Uh, we have heard a lot about some of the cuts that are being uh, brought down by the provincial government. Right. Do any of those affect what you're doing? We haven't heard anything uh, directly about community health centers and any of the programs that we have. In fact, when we the conversations that we that we're in and we're engaged in right now around transforming healthcare, uh, a, a big point of these conversations. Start with the need for broader community services and primary health care, a robust primary health care system that includes early on and immigrant services, etc., these kind of things. And, and if we do this sort of upstream work, it obviously then will help with the issues that hospital, the crisis that hospitals are facing right now mm-hmm. with hallway medicine, etc., Okay. There are a couple of people who would be upset with me if I didn't talk a little bit about Pathways to Education because (laughs) they're very involved in promoting that. So describe to our listeners what that program, I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but let's go back to that. Right. So it's a national program across across the country. Uh, It came to KCHC uh, a little over 10 years ago at this point. And the mandate or the purpose is really to help kids graduate from high school in neighborhoods and schools that... uh, we have we have students who are at risk of not graduating, and across the board, Kingston is is obviously uh, like we're biased here around the effectiveness of of what Pathways to Education does in Kingston, but it's also across the country, evidence based, proven strategies to help kids graduate from high school. There's not many more tangible things that a community health center or any other organization can do, and to demonstrate the role that we're playing than when you compare graduation rates to from before uh, Pathways started yeah. to now. 
The other program that I think is important, too, in light of the fact that we've had an awful lot of refugees come to town mm-hmm. in the past several years, and I've spoken to a few, and I know that there is a great deal of importance in providing some sort of link from where they came from to their new country to the social aspects of what they have to learn about their new country. So what does the partnerships that you have set up here uh, do for folks who are immigrants or refugees that come into town? Right. So we have a full program, Immigrant Services of Kingston and Area, ISCA, part of KCHC, really aimed at just that, uh, welcoming newcomers to Kingston. And that's in many different shapes and forms. So whether it's helping with like healthcare right off off the bat with a community health center, social connectedness, bringing people together because it's a new country, helping with employment. We do that in partnership with, with Keys and, uh, and, and everything that's related to the social determinants of health. Housing, you know, when people arrive, what can we do to support them? Navigate the system. One of the, the, the more recent programs is even from navigate the mental health supports mm-hmm. as you arrive in a new country. So it really is... One of the common themes of all our programs is comprehensiveness and wraparound care. And having an integrated organization uh, like KCHC allows a newcomer to walk through the doors and not only talk to a settlement worker, but then be set up immediately with dental if, if needed. Because we have a low-income dental program, and also that there's there's many there's a few facets to that that we can get into as well. But comprehensiveness, wraparound care is really a common th- theme. Now, as we um, sort of take the tour of the facility and come back to the primary health care component, so we have dental care and regular care provided by physicians, what makes this different from other doctor's offices that they can go into? Yeah, great question. I think... Um a few things. First off is that team-based care. So not every primary care provider or doctor has access to the to the range of allied health providers that we have here. And those are that's especially important for for people and clients who have the most barriers. So I don't know about you or myself, but I I, I go to a doctor's office and I don't have access to a team. And that, that's okay for me right now. Mm-hmm. But many people need a, a broader team. The other thing that's really important is to, rem- is to remember that as, as human beings, we're pretty complex individuals. And to think that one person, one type of provider, whether it be a, a physician or a nurse practitioner, could solve the breadth of issues that someone might have or help support that person in those breadth of issues uh, just isn't realistic. So that's why we have the, the range of, of providers. And if you look at the future of primary health care in Ontario, there is a recognition that expanding team-based care is really important mm-hmm. for all of us. What about the dental care side? Yeah, so the dental care in the southeast, we're very, very lucky uh, in that our, uh, you know, the, the lens, and we don't need to get into all the funding of things, but things are changing around us. But the important part is, is that we're given some base funding for low-income dental care meaning if you're if you're someone who is is working but you don't have a benefits package there's many people out there not oh, yeah. who can't afford dental care that's what this program is for so you can come in and get access in that way but the program's more than just that it's also uh, we also offer a program called healthy smiles ontario back to the importance of working with kids so hso healthy smiles ontario is for kids 
Again, their parents might not have uh, insurance, so we come in. You can come in here and get care for us. The the the, the distinction though is it, we're not a dental home, meaning that we're still a very small dental practice. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're if you have any kind of issue, you can come in here, and we're going to fix you up, and then hopefully facilitate getting access to an ongoing dentist, just because we're still a small team. Right. Okay. I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about uh, some of the outreach you're doing to other communities, and I guess Napanee is a good example mm-hmm. of the center that you have there, which falls under your purview. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the center that you put there? Sure. Well, I mean, it, and it's uh, it, it's a beautiful facility, downtown Napanee. Again, it's been around for more than 10 years, but we've been in this uh, the new building. All these, all the three buildings that we have right now are more or less within the last five years. Um, and and it's a it's a community health center. We have the same board here that that governs all all three sites. But Napanee, uh, it's the same model, but I would say the uniqueness factor is that it's obviously rural, and so the needs are are different. Transportation mm-hmm. is a big one. Youth, right? You're trying to do a bit more focused uh, with youth in Napanee uh, because the range of services in Napanee aren't as as broad as we would right. have in in Kingston. So, in terms of indigenous services, I noticed that there was some indigenous art in the lobby mm-hmm. uh, that you cater to uh, the needs of those particular individuals as well. Well, without a doubt, yeah. So we have an indigenous health program, and uh, and Napanee is a big part of that. When the building was built, it was built with uh, that intent. So there's a cedar lodge in the uh, in the CHC that reflects uh, uh, the needs of indigenous peoples, and it's a welcoming space for indigenous peoples. Uh, we have an indigenous nurse practitioner, and and we also work in partnership with Mohawks of the Bay of Quinte to offer uh, primary care uh, at MBQ. Uh, so we have a we had an elder. Uh, who's retired last year. So we're trying to figure out what we're going to do there. And then an Indigenous uh, community development worker as well. Recognizing that not much of this is funded directly by by the government, but this organization tries to do uh, our best to fill those holes. And we have a new strategic plan that's coming out. And one of the things that we want to do with this strategic plan is analyze our, our programs and services to find out which ones are funded well and which ones are not. So indigenous health is going to be one area that's not well enough fund. It's not funded well enough. And so then we need to determine, and it's really we being the indigenous people themselves, but us like KCHC is an ally. How can we support and advocate for more resources moving forward? And it seems to me as you move forward as well is that the communities will change mm-hmm. and then you guys have to change to reflect what's going on in the community, so you have to be adaptable. Right now is caring and responding and building community, right? So that responsiveness is really the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Things change dramatically from one year to another. Uh, it's it's constant change, as we all know. And if that's one thing that uh, in my seat that I notice and try to figure out the best way to support staff as we are we need to be responsive uh, and it that kind of change can create a little bit of turmoil and and, and there's a continuum of, of change ready right and so mm-hmm. some people are all for it and some people don't aren't ready for this but we as an organization we need to meet the needs of our clients and communities and those those evolve over time absolutely 
We have run out of time on the program. Okay. And <laughs> it, was I wanna, it was fast. It was fast. And I want to thank you very much for giving us some time and telling us about KCHC. Thank you very much, Dave. It was a pleasure. I love the podcast, so I can't wait to hear more. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Theme music for the program is Stasis Oasis, a tune written and performed by Kingston musician Tim Aylesworth. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about any of our episodes, please send a note to the Kingstonian Podcast Facebook page. This is Dave Cunningham from Kingston, Ontario. Thank you for listening. Until next time.